Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And today we're going to be talking about the ninth episode of the second season of Supernatural titled Croatoan. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, let's start with the very beginning of the episode. Good place to start. He's having the dream. Yes. The screen's going, Yeah. I legit thought my internet was going. I mean, fair. Given the area we live in, it's not that uncommon. I was like, oh, goddamn. Like, I have to watch this today. We're recording the episode. Like, I I need to have seen the episode to have a coherent discussion on it. Though one could argue most of our discussions was, aren't coherent. I was going to say, I feel like, honestly, if you just rocked up and hadn't seen the episode, I wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> like, I think I would just say something like, okay, but the lighting in that scene where Sam and Dean are talking outside the car, and that could be any episode. And I'd be like... Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like you could bluff. I think you could bluff it. One week I'll just read the Wikipedia, like, blood. <laughs> Do it for, like, I don't know. Find a nice find a nice uh, episode that I've previously explained to you. It's like, oh, this next episode's a bit of a filler. And just, <laughs> just read the blurb and just run with it. And I'll just not notice the whole time. But no, so I was like, oh, fuck, my internet's got, like, I have to watch, like... So you're having a panic attack at I was having a morning. panic attack, essentially, <laughs> trying to watch this episode. Because I was like, oh no, like, my internet's going to be glitchy, then I'm going to have to, like, I think, I like, I watched this last night because we planned to record early this morning, and mm. I'm like, I'm not a morning person, I'm a night person. I'm a 6am person, actually, I am... I'm a 3am person. I am fully sleep deprived right now, though, and I feel like I should say that as a caveat, I apologise in advance... If Bethany's especially unhinged this episode, <laughs> that is why. Blame my brain, because uh, it's been preventing me from sleeping more than three hours a night for the last 72 hours. You're the one who consumed more caffeine than you've ever consumed in your entire life in like two goddamn days. That's true. However... This is um, a call-out post for you. <laughs> I am unwilling to accept the consequences of my actions. But no, so I was, yeah, I was having a panic attack, like, at, I think it was like 1am last night, trying to watch this goddamn episode, because I'm like, <laughs> we're recording tomorrow morning, I need to have seen the episode. Yeah. And it's like, do it, and then it, like, it passed, like, the title screen come up or whatever, and it's like, not it again. Yeah. Was, it was fine. I was like, oh, that's what they chose to show that it was a dream. Yeah. On that, I really want to talk about, and I know that I'm not the one who usually points out things like camera angles and film techniques. However, one thing that Supernatural is, like, weirdly known for is their use of dramatic zoom. We haven't had that many instances of it thus far. It hasn't been, like, noticeable. But you'll see them in later seasons, and you'll laugh at them a lot. And I just wanted to point out that when Sam, we see Sam, he's on the motel floor, he's clearly, he's had this nightmare um, of... What's his name? Of Dean shooting... Yes, what's his name? I forgot Dean's name, oh my god. What kind of fucking fan am I? Um, anyway. Uh, You've so only dedicated how many years of your life to this show? Too many. I told you I read 140,000 word fanfiction yesterday. The entire thing. I'm assuming it, it had good. Dean's name in there at least once. A lot. It, a lot of it was from his point of view, even. Anyway. And you anyway, forgot I Look, I'm sorry. We can't be perfect all the time. This entire episode is just going to be a call-out post for you. Doesn't <laughs> sleep. Can't remember Dean. It's November... F- well, yesterday was November 5th. Cut me some slack. But considering we're in Australia, basically today is November 5th. Yeah. Anyway, my point is, 
we come out of the vision. Uh, yeah. We see Sam. He's like clearly through his nightmare. He's like tumbled out of bed, uh, and he's on the ground. So and dramatic. So dramatic. What a what a drama queen. <laughs> and the camera does a revert, like it zooms out. Yeah. And it's so. They normally call it panning out. Yeah, but it was like. I don't know, like too I've, fast to be a pair. It's almost like you know when you're watching like a TikTok or something, or like an old Vine, and like they do the zoom, but it's for comedy. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like I that. I love that shit. So do I. I, I love like it. E I Vine. use it. Oh, moment of silence. <laughs> Can't believe I actually just did that. <laughs> my point is like that for me is what it made me think of. It like a either a, t- a TikTok now where like they're filming themselves in the bathroom mirror and they zoom in on their face real close for effect or like an old vine and I just I just I don't know. Mwah. I loved it. It was stupid. It was perfect. It perfectly encapsulated everything I love and hate about supernatural which is like it was so tacky. It became hilarious. But the situation they're in is very serious. So it's not supposed to be funny. So it's camp. Yes. There you go. <laughs> You've solved the mystery. I'm queer. It's queer. I love it. Although it is also homophobic, which I don't love. So you, ta- you win some, you lose some. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. I just really appreciated the, dem- the dramatic zoom out of Sam just okay. on the floor. While we're talking about things that are just kind of inherently ridiculous yes. in this episode, the scene where the mother's tied down. Beverly, yes. Beverly, yeah. She's tied down. The youngest son and the father are there. They bring out the biggest fucking kitchen knife. It's, like, <laughs> comically large. I did not notice. It's, like, you know how, like... You it's know like how Crocodile you... Hunter Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, it's, like, a chef's knife. Yeah. But it's, like, one of the big chef's knives. A knife. big boy knife. It's not, like, like, your little, like, everyday chef's knife. No, no, no. They put out the big chef's knife for this. And he, like, he just sort of, like has his arm out and he's just like across his arm with the knife. It's like, you didn't need a massive knife for that. That's like... Jamie's like, anything above a butter knife would have sufficed. Basically, like, Maybe why they was it... They wanted the extra sharp one so they could get it done in one... Can you imagine, like, they're not going to use a bread knife, are they? No, but I was imagining, like... Like a paring knife? Like a... <laughs> just not the... Ma- it just looked... So comically oversized. It's just a choice. It's a choice. Like, <laughs> sure, like they said their son went out fishing. Surely they have like a hunting knife or something that would make more I mean, sense. He probably took it with him. I'm assuming they're a family <laughs> that hunts. Yeah, that's fair. I personally didn't notice, but like, they certainly do. And actually, in this episode a lot, there was a lot of emphasis on weapons. I don't yeah. know if you noticed, like, there was, like, a couple of close-ups of, like, Dean's gun and, like... Which has, like, some sort of, like... The pattern on it. Isn't it beautiful? It reminds me of a pattern I have on my handbag. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, Dean's gun is actually it's very like, pretty. It I'll looks like it. fucking flowers and shit. Yeah, I'll find you a I'm photo. Like, it's really funny to me, though, because they've gone very hard on, like, you know, this entire show has just, like, this vibe that it's trying to exude of, like, this is a show for guys, for your man size <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then they've, like, given Dean a gun that's got flowers on it. Okay, so here is... I mean, it's kind of a metaphor. Here, yeah, here are the guns. So Dean's gun, it's like pearl grip, and it's got quite a, like, intricate, actually, like, detail on the, I don't know what you call it, the stick bit. No, that's not the, um, that's not the one they did a close-up of in this episode. The the gun they did a close-up of that I'm thinking of was, like, black. 
It looks really dark in the actual show because of the light. Oh, okay, yeah. But so when you when you actually look, look at, at it, it, it's meant to be silver. It's just actually because there's no lighting, nothing reflects on the silver, so it looks black. Yes, that would explain it. Yes, but it's got like the pearl grip. It's actually quite a beautiful. Like I don't like guns, guns just in general. It's kind of like I don't like cars, but the Impala is pretty. Like mm. it's just I appreciate the aesthetic of it. You know, even if I don't understand the appeal <laughs> in general. Anyway. But yes, no, his his gun is really lovely. And I, I'm glad that you actually noticed it because it's something that, I mean, it's a small detail, mm. but I think it's actually one of those details which, like you say, like it's a manly man show for men and that kind of backfired on them because, well, if you're going to look at stories about not fitting in and being othered and having to... Sacrifice things for the greater good yeah, and it's the like, people hmm. you love. And I also just find it funny Particularly that in a show a that's character. like... Yeah, like... It, it's a very clearly trying to like pander to a male male audience. Actually, that's what they're trying to do. Dean as a character is very much like that, mm. and I think that's why particularly so many queer people yeah. identify with him as a character. Like it's very much like he has the side that is for everyone to see, mm. but then he has the side that is his reality, I guess, like within himself. And I think like a lot of people, and even I joke about like oh repression boy, like you know, but. I actually think that he's very much aware of himself and who he is and he he knows these things about himself. And it's not that he's repressing it from himself. He's just choosing to repress it from everyone else. Do you know what I mean? He's basically choosing to stay closeted. Yeah, essentially. But not in just the terms of his identity as a queer person, but just... In everything. In everything, you know. And I do want to make it clear, when I, like joke about Dean's gun being like a really weird choice. I don't mean from a character perspective because it makes sense from a character perspective. From like a writers and production standpoint. From a prop perspective. It just seems odd to me that the show that's very clearly trying to cater to men is then giving their main character a gun that feels like a feminine weapon. If that makes sense. Yeah, well and then again we Especially when they're trying to make him like a manly man character. Yeah. It just seems like for the character they actually made, it's a brilliant choice. But I don't think they were trying to make that character. Yeah, and I think that's the funny thing. And I've talked before about how Supernatural is at its best when it's accidental. And I think that that is a more subtle like version. Because Sam has a very similar gun, mm. but it doesn't have no. the intricate detailing on it. Yeah. You know, like... It still has, like, the pearl grip, I'm pretty sure, in the photo you showed me. Yeah. So still has a similar grip, similar size, similar shape. But it doesn't have any the of the flourish, yeah. Like engraving, none of the f- like. And here's the thing: if Sam had the florally engraved gun, makes no sense. Wouldn't make any sense, you know. And I think, yeah, you make an excellent point. Like, they created this character who is so interesting and complex, and you know all these fascinating things, and it's not what they meant to do at all. Anywho, I feel like we could talk for years about. Supernatural being accidentally good and Dean's queerness and all those things. We will get there in time. A little bit early on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily in his queerness. Definitely in his queerness in the way that it's most well renowned for. <laughs> um, hashtag November fifth. But yes. Anyway, I think we should probably move on. Talking a little bit about Sam. Okay. Yep. In this episode. Mm-hmm. First of all, I want to note we get history nerd Sam and we get chemistry nerd Sam. And I love that. It's very fun. I appreciate that we're getting a little look into Sam's like interests and intelligence beyond 
He went to Stanford to study law, which again, we've talked about a fair bit, is that we don't have a huge amount of info Ooh. on Sam. You know, interests. it just hit me though. What? Chemistry nerd Sam. Where he went to Stanford for his chemistry instead of law. Because mm. let's face it, he would have been better at chemistry. I don't know. I feel like he would have been a good lawyer. But I also feel like he would have had more fun as a chemist. He discusses credit card scams <laughs> in the middle of the street. Tell me again how he would be a good lawyer. Oh, wait. Well, he's a very compelling... You've seen his puppy dog eyes, haven't you? Um. Anyway, I really liked... Uh, yeah, I really liked seeing... History nerd Sam, chemistry nerd Sam. What I wanted to mention specifically about Dean and Sam early on in this episode. Do you remember I was saying, I can't think which episode it was now, but it was relatively recently, about how Dean inadvertently called Sam a freak? Yes. And how that will sit with him for, like, ever. In this episode, and I actually checked to see, like... I feel like that was Simon said. Yes, I think you're correct. I think what was interesting is that twice in the first seven minutes of this episode dean refers to sam's quote-unquote weirdo visions it's very much like along the same lines of like he's not he's not calling sam a weirdo in the same way that he sort of inadvertently called sam a freak but it is still drawing attention to the fact that these visions are not normal not normal and that dean is uncomfortable with the situation but I thought that it was interesting that they used specifically the same phrase, weirdo visions, twice in the first seven minutes. Because also Dean is very much like, he'll give out like 20 fucking random pop culture references in an episode. Like he very rarely refers to the same situation the same way twice. Mm. Like it's always kind of a different joke or a different take. And so the fact that they use the same one here I don't know. It stuck out to me. I don't really know if there's a huge amount to read into it beyond what we've already said. But I, I mean, just it wanted could to just point be it out. that sort of like how he thinks of them in his head as the weirder visions. And so when he's not actively trying to filter himself, when he refers to it, that's how he refers to them because that's how he thinks of them. Yeah. Whereas like his pop culture references and that, I think he sort of formulates them to the situation. Yeah. And so if the situation changes slightly, the reference changes as well to mirror the situation. Whereas because, like, Sam's visions at this point, they've sort of, like... They've spanned a season and a half They've now. spanned a season and a half, and they're pretty stable. Like, yeah. they all have something to do with the yellow-eyed demon. Mm-hmm. They all have something to do with the other psychic children. Mm-hmm. And they are, nine times out of ten, somebody's death. Yeah, like I said, I didn't know if there was a huge amount to read into it, but I just thought it was worth pointing out, because mm-hmm. it was... It, it was weird enough that I noticed it. I think I'm going to go into my PSA for this week now. Oh, okay. I'm excited. What do you think my PSA is this week, Ben? All I can think about is how last week you guessed that this episode was going to be about demon COVID. <laughs> and how you were kind of right, um, like, entirely. And so all I can think about is, like, to a- be fair, appropriate that was quarantine ha- methods. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God, you got it. Really? Yes. We're Wait. in the middle of a pandemic. This is an episode about a pandemic. Yeah. Follow proper quarantine procedures. Oh my god. Oh, that's thrilling. I can't believe I actually And proper got quarantine that. procedures, for the record, are not just tying infected people to up. To a chair? Yeah. To the chair <laughs> in the same room. I love this. I'm very excited. I can't believe I guessed that. Yeah, it's taken this is like a season, a season and, and a half. half but, but I got there. I yeah. guessed your PSA. Oh, what a proud moment. Okay, great. That's a fantastic PSA. 
Thank you. I love it. Let's talk more about demon COVID. Okay. What were your thoughts on the actual? Because it's not really a a big bad, quote unquote. It's yeah. it's a bit. It's a virus, so it's not really. It's not sentient. No. You know it. It's well. Presumably, there is some sort of like base to it that is sentient, and is the reason that when the people become infected, they basically act like they're possessed. True. Although, and it controls them. But it's different to, like, the other demons we've seen in that it doesn't just possess, like, one person at a time. It's less like... Like, it is contagious. Yes. So it's more like you've got one demon that can sort of, like, possess a whole bunch of people at the same time as long as there is blood-to-blood contact versus, like, it can just sort of possess one person at a time and just sort of hops bodies. Yeah. I really kind of like this concept of like a demonic because you're right it's not a possession as such it is an illness and like we see at the end that the blood samples that were infected become clean Mm -hmm. so it's not like it's necessarily a permanent state either like it can go but what i find fascinating is this idea that do you remember we were talking in bugs about how the bees coordinated their attack yeah that's kind of how i feel about this because it's like a hive mind like everyone is individual however they're all working towards the same goal but in like their own factions like you've got the people who are on the bridge you've got the people who are breaking into homes and infecting more people you've got the people who are trying to get to sam like everyone's on the same page but everyone's moving independently once you're infected you're like part of the hive mind while we're on the topic of demon covid let's talk about Sam being immune. Let's not. Why not? I have no theories. You have no theories? I have no interesting takes on this. Really? Like, I've already given you my theory that it's something to do with his, like, bloodline and his blood. So you don't have any more... No, I'm assuming it's just something to do with that. I just thought I would check because at the end of the episode they made the point of mentioning in the, like, demonic... That he's immune. Yeah, that he's immune. Like, it was like a Does that theoretically mean... Sorry, just... Theory no, go go for it. Throw Does it that theoretically mean that he would be immune to like traditional demon possession as well? Then, if he's immune to demon COVID, yeah, is he just immune to demon? That's a really good question because I don't. You got to assume that this virus is still a form of possession, and okay, yes, it's a low grade form of possession, which is interesting. Is it translatable to larger scale? Like, how much immunity is immunity to demons, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Because, like, even, like, I mean, let's talk about a vaccine for a second. You get a vaccine, you're not 100% immune. That's not how it works. You can still catch it, but you're just less likely to. You're less likely to have a negative response response, if you do catch it. And you're less likely to pass it on. So all good things. But, yeah, that's a good point. Because he wasn't immune to the possession of Dr. Alicott in Asylum. But Dr. Alicott wasn't a demon. Dr. Alicott was a spirit. But it's still a possession. Because he is also immune to, um... Andy, uh, in Simon Set. Yes. So I wonder, like, it's a good, it's a good question. Like, at what point? What is he specifically immune to? Yeah. If he's immune to this, and he's immune to Andy and Simon Set, mm-hmm. what else is he immune to? Because we've already established he's not immune to spirit possession. Yeah. But I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark and say spirit possession is different to demon possession. Yeah, I agree. And agree. this, everything he's been immune to so far has fallen under the. Demonic sort of category. Demonic umbrella, you know? Yeah. Okay, no, that's really interesting. I just, I wanted to ask and see if you had any further theories. So, I do because... have a question for you, though. Sure. Is this something that I'm going to get an answer for? Yes. 
Okay. Yes. You will. Yeah. Okay. Which is part of why I'm asking about it. Yeah. Because, like, I'm intrigued to see where your head's at at the moment so that we can, like, understand going forward, like, where your brain's at. And I just thought, like, bearing in mind that this was, like, a disease about, like, specifically, like, affecting the blood and you'd already spoken about, you had a theory about Sam's blood and I just wanted to know if that had changed your theory or expanded your theory or negated your theory or, like, where... I think it's just sort of like, oh, well, this is just something freaky-deaky to do with the blood, you know? <laughs> I like that terminology. Thank you. While we're on the topic of sort of more, like, character stuff and Sam and Dean as individuals, as characters, first of all, I know we very briefly, like, already spoke about Dean and queer theory, but I just want to point out that in this episode, he has the quote, I don't swing that way, and this quote gets used a lot by people trying to disprove Dean being anything other than straight, which I find kind of hilarious because it's like... He's talking to somebody who's very clearly possessed by a demon virus. Well, that, but it's also like, it's not, he's not seriously being propositioned. Like, he's using it. Like, if anything, it's homophobic. And like, it's a homophobic joke is what it is, because this guy is not propositioning him at all. And he's like doing the whole, oh, sorry, like very flattered, don't swing that way as like a, to intimidate the other dude. Um, I think it's also like, he is trying to use humour to get out of a situation because he knows that all those people are infected and if he gets out of the car, he is fucked. Yeah, and we also also already know that Dean uses humour to deflect in situations he's uncomfortable in or is, feels like he's in danger and he does it all the time. Like, it's not very difficult to find. Like, we only have to go back to, what, the Benders? Yeah. And, you know, he does the whole, like, oh, eat me. Oh, wait, no, you actually might. And, yeah. like... That whole shtick, like, it, it comes up again and again and again. It's in almost every episode. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I just wanted to point it out there that I personally believe that Dean is bi. That's my reading of the text. That's my opinion, as it were. But <laughs> I think you could use that as evidence if he was actually genuinely getting proposition. But, like, he's not. Yeah. He's just trying to get out of a bad situation yeah and he's trying to throw the other person off i think off is the, the other thing rhythm so that he can get out of a bad situation off like his rhythm <laughs> yeah yeah anyway i just i thought that was worth um just pointing out while we were kind of already on the topic i think the fact that he even thought to say i don't swing that way is kind of even more evidence of biting yeah and actually there's an episode coming up where we get another like yet another instance of people like implying that like Dean's queer and him and Sam having like very different reactions to it. And I just, it's just another one of those things that I think is very fascinating, particularly in the hindsight. I want to talk about how Sam and Dean are not on the same page in this episode. Like at, at all. all. They're yeah. in different books. Very, very different books. Yeah. Um, and it comes up a couple of times. Um, I appreciate that they're really showing that, and actually Sam even mentions a few times this episode, Dean's not himself. He's acting out of character. He's very sort of brash. And um, not that he's not usually, but in a different way. Like, he's very trigger happy, I think is Sam's point. There was this really good quote that I actually, I wrote it down so I could have it. And it's when Sam is making the point that, Dean, you can't just go kill this kid. We don't know that he's infected. infected. You know, and this is... It's not like with Beverly. Beverly, they knew. They knew. Beverly had just literally tried to kill them. Yeah, and coming off of the back of um, Dean being mad that Sam didn't shoot the other kid, Sam's point is like, but it was a kid, and Dean saying, no, it's an it. And, like, that in particular... Though, to be fair, in that situation, 
Dean was correct. That kid was clearly infected. Correct. But also, you know, there's Sam who, remember I was telling you, Mm. Sam thinks people, like, he wants to be able to have people redeemed. Yeah. Whereas Dean's more likely to just take it face value. Mm. This is kind of what I was talking about. And it actually, this will continue to be relevant. Yeah. I mean, even in the first scene where Dean and Sam are talking about Sam's vision and they're in the car and they're driving to the town. Mm Mm-hmm. Sam straight up implies that Dean would kill an innocent kid. Oh yeah, Dean's there like like I there must have been a reason for me to kill. Which is and fair. Sam is like, like low key implying that he doesn't think there would need to be a reason for Dean to kill a kid. Yeah. And to be fair though, at the reveal of the episode, at the very very end, Dean probably should have killed the dude that he was originally shown killing in the dream. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. What I find really funny though is. They're like, oh, it's a demonic virus. Yeah. They don't even try to do any of their normal shit to, like, exercise. (laughs) It's like... Right? (laughs) It's a demonic virus. Why wouldn't you try an exorcism? Have you tried holy water? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It makes no sense that they don't... It's like Sam's like, oh, I didn't see any of that in my dream. Yeah. (laughs) So therefore, we're not even going to try it. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's like, oh man, like they could have, they could have done like a decontamination shower, but with blessed water. They could have, they could have done an exorcism just to see if it would work, you know. And if they had done that, they would have known. That he was actually possessed. Yes. Perfect. Oh God. Anyway. Moving back to serious Moving topics. back to what I actually wanted to, to get to is when Sam and Dean are having this argument and Dean saying, you know, I don't have a choice. Like, I don't like it either, but we have to kill him. And Sam says... It's supposed to be tough. We're supposed to struggle with this. That's the whole point. And I was like, first of all, that's a great character moment for Sam. But second of all, what a thesis statement about Supernatural as a whole. Like, it's supposed to be tough. We're supposed to struggle with it. That's the whole point. I was like, damn, that is so applicable to just the whole series. Like, especially having seen the final seasons. He's right. The fact that they're supposed to be struggling is the whole point it's not what he's talking about in this context but no as a as a viewer it's a insane comment to be made in season two of all places what sam is you know actually saying is obviously like morally ethically this should be a difficult decision to make you are making it blind essentially you're just going in guns are blazing you're not giving it the appropriate thought you're not giving this human being an appropriate chance. You're just going to go in there and try and solve all your problems with brashness and violence. Which is a fair call because it's exactly what Dean's doing. And the only time Dean even so much as pauses in this episode is the brilliant scene I found it really funny where he finds the other survivor. Oh, yes. And they're both The like... sergeant. Yeah. Hilarious. And I love the... Uh, they're both like just yelling at each other just like... <laughs> But that's the only time in the episode where Dean really pauses and actually... Excluding when he obviously doesn't actually, actually kill, kill the kid. But yeah. that's because Sam's gotten in his head. Yeah. Um, and obviously he won't let them kill Sam. Yeah. Which, a bit hypocritical. Just yeah. a tad. Just, Tiny bit. Just a little bit hypocritical Considering of Dean Considering that there. the kid that got tied up, he literally killed both his mother and father. Yeah, exactly. Right. With no hesitation. To be fair, though, I don't... Blame him for killing the father with no hesitation. No. Like, the father was in the middle of torturing and infecting the mother. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty obvious that he was not a good dude. Oh, speaking of 
the sort of standoff at the car with the guns and him getting in the car and they've just got their guns on each other. It's like, hmm, this is going to be a peaceful drive. Hilarious. But I also love the quote where he's just like, my neighbour, Mr. Rogers. He's like, you've got a neighbour called Mr. Mr. Rogers? Not anymore. (laughs) And I was like, that's, oh, what a great interaction. While we're talking about the survivors and the sergeant. Yes. At the very end of the episode, I'm jumping all the way forward now. That's okay. The demon who is possessing Dwayne, is that Dwayne, yes. He says that nothing was left behind. But the doctor was. But the doctor was. Yeah, I had that thought too. So I'm like, does the doctor not count? Or like, does he mean like nobody who was affected was left behind? Like, but then why would it be necessary for him to kill the sergeant? Like, other than just to get the blood to... Again, the whole like cup to the neck. Like, how do you get that much... What are the physics on that? (laughs) I mean, I would love to test it, Jamie, but that doesn't feel ethical. (laughs) I mean, you can make a replica of the human body. The human jugular. Yeah, and then load it with fake blood and have it... Maybe we should email Mythbusters. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they retired like five years ago, but like, I'm sure they'd do this one thing for us. They'd do it. They'd come back just for this. I bet they would. They'd do like a, a YouTube series or something for us. I mean, Adam Savage does have his tested series. Oh, maybe we should email Adam Savage. Wouldn't that be fucking hilarious if he actually responded? I would cry. I used to love the Mythbusters. Mm. Me and my brother, when we were kids, like, we just had, like, all the DVDs. We'd sit there on, like, a Sunday and just watch Mythbusters. Like, I used to watch it with my parents. Oh, what a good show. A-plus content. A-plus content. We should review Mythbusters. Yeah. Oh. Um. Sorry, that was very severely off What were we talking about? Topic. Um, oh, the blood cup. Yes. Yes. How? I I had the same question when I saw Meg do it in Scarecrow. Yeah. Which also, like, imagine what? if the demon possessing was, like, Meg again. Oh. I know it's not, because that would be too much power for one demon. Yeah. But, as in, like, she would have full control of my heart. <laughs> uh, but, no, like... Yeah. I don't remember if we ever actually get an explanation to, like, the mechanics of the, like, demon goblet blood phone. I don't think we do. I think it's just supposed to... You're just sort of supposed to take it and accept it, and I guess we do. Because I don't care about, like, the lore and, like, the whole, like, summoning using fresh blood. Like, I get that. Yeah. It's just the mechanics of getting the blood into into the the cup. Do you know what they kind of need? Have you ever heard of a (laughs) she-we? It's only occurred to me because I was... <laughs> I can't remember how it came up, but like one of my roommates hadn't heard about what a shiwi was. We were trying to explain it to her, but like it just occurred to me like that would kind of solve the problem. Here's the thing though, like Marlis, like does it have to be like specifically from like the jugular? Probably. Or could not. you like slit somebody's wrist and then hold that over the cup? Because surely that would be easier and make less of a mess. Okay, I guess. Also, much slower. Also, if someone if someone slashed me mm. across my throat. And I was literally... You're dead in like 10 seconds. Dying because you die very quickly yeah. in that scenario. I'm not going to be much use at fighting them off. If someone just like grabbed my arm, cut my wrist and just tried to drain me out that way, I think I'd probably punch them. <laughs> and that might make their job harder. You know? Like my my status of being alive might... Could make you it more difficult. Snap the neck and then drain them via the wrist. So they're already dead. What if they split the neck and then lean them forward? Would that help make less of a mess, do you reckon? Yeah, but they'd have to unbuckle the seatbelt because twice this has happened to a car. 
To a car? In a car. Is the car part of the ritual? Like, does it have to be in a car? <laughs> Do we ever see this happen outside of a car setting? Maybe not. Oh, my God. So the car's part the, of it. The car is key. The car is key. The sanctity of and also vehicular the, motion. <laughs> I, I have a theory. All demons are gay because I've never seen one drive. Do we ever see a demon drive? Like, somebody who's possessed by a demon. Do we ever see one of them drive? In Supernatural. Because every time... Yes, they do. They do because the truck driver at the the season one finale... Oh, yes. No, but he's still gay because he couldn't drive. (laughs) We're all about stereotypes on this podcast, apparently. Um, Am I wrong, Bethany? I guess you're not. Here's the thing. We never see a demon drive, and the one time we do see a demon drive... Demons... They immediately cause a car wreck. They must drive. I just can't... I'm literally trying to... Okay, but what is so funny is I'm trying to imagine a character that I know as a demon driving, and I'm like, surely Crowley, right, mm. is a... You know about yeah. Crowley, so it's not yeah, a spoiler. No. He is a demon. I know he is a demon. I, I don't know much else. I know he is a demon. I'm like, surely we must have seen him drive at some point. I don't think we have. The only instances I can think of Crowley being in a car is either he's in a limo... Being driven. Yeah. Or Cass is driving or Dean's driving. I don't think I've ever seen. That, that disproves my fit theory anyway. Because my theory is that gay people can't drive. And if oh, you've got Dean, Cass and Dean driving. Cass and Dean can drive. Yeah. One theory Disproves your theory. I want to talk about how Sam kind of just accepted that it was his time to die. Yeah. Quick trigger warning for anyone who it may impact. But we're probably going to talk a little bit about suicidal ideation or the topic of suicide in general in this next section so if that's going to be an issue for you i'd probably recommend you skip ahead a couple of minutes we'll pop in the episode description the times that you should skip through um but just a quick heads up because i want to ask you about the scene where sam basically says to dean look i'm infected they're right i need to die but you don't have to you can keep going And Dean is basically like, first of all, no, I'm not going to kill you. And second of all, if if you're going to die, I guess I will also die. And then he goes on to say how he's tired. He doesn't want to do it anymore. And it's definitely, you get the feeling that like Sam has been asking him and talking to him about how he's not dealing with John's death and how he's not coping and how he's not himself and... It's definitely a look into Dean's mental space. And even Sam is surprised by how ready Dean is to just give up. He's just so lonely. He's lonely. Absolutely. He's clearly depressed. And he clearly doesn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I just wanted to draw attention to the fact that in this instance he's talking about how he's so tired and he's done and he doesn't want to do this and he doesn't want to live this life anymore he's like barely 27 like he's still very young and like not that not that if he he, was feeling this way at 40 it would be any different yeah but it's like i think it just goes to show like i don't know it's i mean obviously it's horrible regardless but the fact that he already feels like he's kind of lived his life and is ready to die at age 27. Heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think it's also not 
shocking, but also you would expect Sam, given how much time they've spent together and how well they know each other, to at least have had an inkling Mm. of where Dean is at. And I think that really lends itself back to the concept of Dean hides things from Sam to shield him in a way that a parent would. Like, if a parent shouldn't tell their kid, hey, I'm thinking about how nice it would be to maybe be dead. Mm. Like, you know, that's not the kind of thing a parent necessarily would talk about with their kid. They might talk about it to a friend or a partner or a therapist, but not necessarily who they would see as their child. And I think the problem for Dean, amongst many things, is that he doesn't have anyone other than Sam. And so if he feels like he can't talk to Sam about it, it leaves... Is he going to talk about... Yeah, and it's like you could argue Bobby, but at this point in the series, what we've seen Bobby in like two episodes, like as the audience, we barely know him. We don't really understand his connection to the brothers yet, and you don't. Yeah. It was just a very heavy... Like, you realise, like, oh, he's really not coping. Like, we knew he wasn't coping. And we've known he's not been coping this whole season. But, like, he's really, really not coping. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to talk about it because it is an ongoing... Clearly, it's going to be an ongoing... Issue. Issue. All the way through. And you do see, at the very end of the episode... It looks like they're finally going to talk about some of the shit. And it, like, cuts. It's like, yeah, that's done. Um, also, during that speech that he gives Sam about how he's he's ready and he's tired, yeah. uh, the piece of music is Dean's theme again. Okay. So that, like, you know, I said it usually crops up. That's that The sort theme. of situation that it crops up in. Yes. Well, not exclusively but yeah. when you hear that music you're like oh we're gonna learn something deep and emotional about dean now whether it's verbalized or if it's just visual like yeah it's always important so tying those scenes with dean's theme together tend to be quite like important metatextually and also like just touching on the end of the episode this is also the sort of the first time we really hear dean talking about actually like actually going on a road trip mm. and actually living their lives a bit and like he is sick and tired of hunting he doesn't want to do it he just wants to take a goddamn vacation he wants a gap year yeah like that's kind of like he just wants to take some time off he wants to actually spend some time enjoying himself and not just going from one monster to the next yeah and we've talked before about what Sam wants is like freedom and independence what Dean wants is like stability and family and I think like he wants to just feel normal for a bit and kind of get both of them what they want like Sam wants to be free and independent he's like let's go on a road trip let's see the country but it also gives him that stability and the family of like we're doing something normal that normal siblings might do yeah and we're not going to this state because we're looking for a monster. We're going to this state because we're looking for... What the was it? Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon. Or what did Sam say in The Usual Suspects? Like the second largest ball of twine or whatever. Like mm. they just want to do normal people stuff. And I think when you when you get to the point where they're talking about exactly what it is Dean's really not coping with, you'll understand why... He just wants to get away from it all. He doesn't want to deal with it. He doesn't want to do it anymore. He just wants to have that civilian life, you know. He's kind of reached the end of his second largest ball of continental twine. Yeah. (laughs) He's reached, he's at the end of his tether. He's just had enough. 
he's done so much shit and he's sort of in this spot of like well why am I the one who has to deal with it why is it my why responsibility my yeah like surely there's someone else who could deal with this like yeah and even I just want to have like five goddamn minutes to be a normal human being and not a hunter yeah and actually I think it's really interesting that with all of this kind of going on in the like the major plot yeah in the episode plot like specific just to this episode the first thought they have when they realize that something is up is that they should call for help and they physically can't yes. because the phones are all cut and they can't get out of town and i just thought that that was a really interesting choice given the overarching theme of not being able to talk to anyone not being able to reach out for help and also just like loneliness and loneliness yeah feeling isolated you know and feeling trapped and like there are no options and even dean mentions in the episode i don't have a choice you know yeah. and I also think it's that's also a really interesting moment. Just the fact that they go to call for help mm-hmm. demonstrates how different Sam and Dean are to John. John. Yeah, I because so too. I don't know a lot about John. Like we saw him sort of off and on in the first season and a half, mm-hmm. but it's like he does not seem like the sort of character who's going to call for help. Yeah, and we even learn from Ellen that John and. Oh god, what was her husband's name? Bill. Usually worked alone. And it was yeah. just like the rare occasion that they teamed up, you know? Yeah. So it it's definitely worth noting, yeah, they are very different to their dads. Their dads? Their singular dad. <laughs> anyway, did you have anything else? Because that's my I have one more note that we haven't covered. Oh. But I cannot remember enough specific details to bring it up. What's your note? Are they going to imply it's the same thing? <laughs> That's not. It directly comes after you implied he would kill an innocent dude. So I reckon it's the scene where they're in the car and they're oh, discussing. Oh, so we've already kind of talked about it. Yeah, but I don't think I. But I can't remember what is the same thing. We've probably already covered it somehow. Yeah. The only other thing I had was Dean saying to the doctor, like, "Oh, actually, we're not really marshals." But I was like, that's not really a... That's like a little fun throwaway line at the end. I do want to know, though, that throwaway line at the end where they're like, we're not actually marshals. What does she think they are? I know. I love her reaction. It's just like, oh, uh, okay. And And then... (laughs) Like, Dean, why was it necessary for her to like... I know. He's like, I guess if I'm going to die, I'll come... Like, it's like a deathbed confession. But it's... Yes, no, I love that. And I also... I always... Also, couldn't understand why he bothered telling her, like, what difference is it going to make? But clearly he thought it made a difference. So, yeah. you know, like I said, deathbed confession, I guess. Um, anywho, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think I'm all done for the day. Well done. Okay, cool. In that case, the next episode is called Hunted. Any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears, hopes, dreams... I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say something's going to get hunted. Okay. Yeah. Um, what made you think that, Jamie? I'm just going to take a guess and say it'll be one of the brothers that will be hunted. Oh, okay. Simply because otherwise why would they use the title hunted if it was just like a normal monster they were hunting? You know what I mean? So I think it's got to like flip around and so have they're them being, being hunted, hunted versus... Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Do you have any other thoughts at all or is he just is that just your entire prediction that's just my entire prediction i 
yeah, that's just my entire prediction. I think one of one or both of the brothers will be hunted because otherwise it doesn't make any sense if it's just like if they're just hunting something. If they're just hunting something, like why would they use that title? For? Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. Rating for this episode out of five, what would you what would you give it? I think I'm going to give it three and a half. Oh, okay. Like, upper end of the scale. Yeah. Not my favorite, but like solid episode. Cool. Okay, so I think that just about does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for sticking around. If you are at all interested in interacting with us outside of listening to us ramble for 40-ish minutes every week, feel free to hit Jamie up on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I reckon she would appreciate as many examples as you can find of demons driving in Supernatural because I apparently don't have photo memory of every instance of demons driving in Supernatural. In fact, I'm struggling to think of more than one instance so if you know of any off the top of your head send her a screenshot hello editing beth here so obviously uh there is one particular demon character in supernatural who drives a lot we get a lot of scenes of him driving i'm thinking season 10 if you know you know obviously jamie doesn't know uh and i couldn't think of a way to non-spoilery tell her that this was not a good idea for social media so Please don't send her pictures of that particular character uh, as a demon driving a car. That would be super appreciated. You know, I probably don't need to say it, but just in case. Anyway, back to the wrap-up of the episode. So if you want to interact with Beth, you can find her on Tumblr at Podcast. And I just, like, send her all the dramatic zooms. Oh my god, yes. In, out, you know, like, we are doing the whole shebang here. One of my favourites is the one where they zoom in on salt. I've seen that... That's like my favorite. That's it's so funny. It makes me laugh every time. There's it's also... like they're like shaking on the window sills and then it like zooms in on the <laughs> salt box. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty. Um anyway, thank you so much for listening and hopefully we'll have you back next week. Bye.